0: It's great to be back with you again this week. we got another busy show. Aaron kicks us off with a quick summary on five interesting earnings releases from the past week as we head into Q1 earnings season, including reports from DLocal Limited, symbol DLO on the NASDAQ, InTouch Insight, INX on the TSX Venture, Richardson Electronics, REL on the NASDAQ, MCS or MSC, Industrial Supply, MS. M on the New York Stock Exchange and Science Applications International, SAIC, on the New York Stock Exchange. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, I will answer a viewer question on Newport Exploration Limited, NWX Is its symbol on the TSX Venture. The company holds royalty interests in producing oil and gas permits in the Cooper Basin in Australia and a mining project in BC, Canada. Now, the viewer asks us a question on this microcap, which pays a dividend right now in the range of 15 to 16%. Um, He says, does it offer value with that excellent dividend? Brennan answers a viewer question on Canadian Western Bank, symbol CWB on the TSX, which provides personal and business banking products and services primarily in Western Canada with about 63% of its loan portfolio in BC and Alberta. And last but certainly not least, Brett answers a viewer question on Keysight Technology, symbol KEYS, or K-E-Y-S, on the New York Stock Exchange, a leader in the field of testing and measurement, helping electronics, OEMs, and suppliers alike bring products to the market to fit industry standards and specifications. While the stock has outperformed the market over the past year, it dropped significantly in February. Brett will give you his take on why. So let's get to the show. I'm going to welcome my co-host, Aaron and the Killer Bees, Brett and Brennan. How was your Easter weekend? Anything really exciting there? Aaron, you've got the kids, right? Boston, Brent, well. Brennan, how was yours?
1: Exciting Easter Brennan, weekend. Brennan,
0: of course, is we're now you? introducing as the winner of the uh, Masters uh, in the green jacket.
1: Nice jacket.
2: Augusta, but... Uh
0: you're muted you're muted thank you we know you you were saying
2: something (laughs) thank you i was saying something yes i was talking about you know just the master's weekend and you know i didn't win this jacket at augusta you know for all of those people that are wondering out there Um, Stolen. you know i i didn't steal it either you know but uh but yeah it was a good good weekend a lot of golf for me i've got some blisters on my hands because i was at the range uh For a lot, and I also didn't
1: you take a bunch of lessons. Your parents got you. Well, I actually
2: yesterday was my first lesson at Golf Tech. Oh, your first uh, lesson. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy to see how bad I am at golf when you put my swing up against one of the pros' swings. Um, but I'm slowly, or any you know,
1: swing for that matter.
2: I, I'm slowly figuring things out though, you know, kind of seeing what I'm doing. And, uh, the
0: first thing they know, pointed out, Brennan, that's a hockey stick. What are you
1: trying to work your way up to? What's the goal?
2: Um, I mean, the goal is on the course behind my house. I mean, it's a pretty short course, but I'd like to shoot in the seventies this year. I think my lowest round was 82 yeah. last year. I shot that a couple times and yeah, the driver's just, I need to straighten out the driver. Anyways, enough about uh, Mike. We golf really game. need to
0: talk about more.
1: I uh, knew <laughs> have the nerve to wear a green jacket uh, yes, today.
2: Yes, maybe yeah, if a yeah. Canadian. No, won. it was it was fun Excuse to watch maybe
1: though. On a pitch and punt.
2: Yeah, well, you know, Mike Weir—that was my dad's fave. You know, he still is my my dad's fave, and uh, I mean, he's yeah. always watching him, and he's always got his invite back. And I think maybe two years ago, he tied for like fiftieth, and <laughs> still got a payout of like. 30 grand or something us so you know he's he's still in there uh making the cut every every odd year but phil mickelson i don't know if you guys saw that i just heard that he had a good
0: last round right like last day Mm -hmm. which was almost two rounds wasn't it
2: really yeah yeah, it really was two rounds because play was uh halted on sunday or saturday sorry because of the rain Mm -hmm. um
0: Anyways, enough about golf Phil.
2: I'm sure people that don't listen to golf are already too. And bad. Tiger
0: just barely made the cut
2: and well, then bowed out.
1: a good publicly traded golf supply company.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know if there really there really is. We used
1: to we used to have one up here in Canada. It was an income trust. It did well, but it's golf uh, town Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think it was Golf Town, that was okay. Over yeah, That was over 15 years ago. is interesting. But yeah it's, it's myself, yeah, it's
2: interesting how we've just seen the trajectory of golf. You know, Tiger coming in, the trajectory was great. Everyone was getting into the sport. Now we've kind of seen it like dive off a little bit. Now we're kind of seeing it come back. I don't know. It's interesting. It takes it's, so it's long to play. I much.
0: know that's a cop-out, but I mean, it honestly, it's expensive. yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. It takes so long to play. Like, I just don't know where I can carve out like four or five hours on a weekend if I don't want to be screamed yeah. at for <laughs> the week It'd probably
2: right? be seven hours for you on the course because I mean it's you so well, I because I play too and, yeah. and
0: you're crying yeah. in between every <laughs> every round because I'm killing you right that's yes 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 nice one Brennan all right let's get to uh the show we're gonna start off Aaron's got a unique segment maybe he'll make this uh segment going forward he's reviewed <laughs> over 100 150 almost uh, in that range Releases Q1 quarterly statements that basically came out and picked out five that have some notable uh, items in them and you know would become closer to being within our criteria. Incidentally, one of the companies that Aaron's going to talk about today, will we say which one? I'm not sure. One of the companies we will be uh, interviewing this week. We have met them in person before. And, and another one of the companies I think gets in touch not the company that we'll be interviewing this week, but they were in our Cash Rich report, and we've, you know, written monitor reports on them before. So, Aaron, you're looking in the right place. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, you're you're part of us, so you should know that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'm looking at everything.
0: That's, it that's is. It is, point, right? and that is every- one of our, the things that we do is we'll look at any company because Aaron has uh, billions of dollars market caps right down to you know under fifty million market cap that it, that, it, that we're looking mm-hmm. at. There, it's really just based on the cash flow, the earnings, the growth. So that's where you can unturn yeah. under, you know, over <laughs> you can turn over some stones that nobody's looking at, really, is what I'm trying to say, I think. Something mm-hmm. like that.
1: Go, Aaron. Go, Something go,
0: Aaron, yeah.
1: go. Yeah. Okay. So why don't I just get yeah. into it then? Um, yeah, so we're we're in the second week of April here. Uh, Q1 earnings season, the very early part of Q1 earnings season has started. Typically what we see is we see US companies report before Canadian companies. So a lot of U.S. names reporting in April, uh, more Canadian names will be reporting in May. But what we did is we looked at all the all of the releases, all the earnings releases over the past week or the past seven days. And in total, that was 132 companies in North America have released earnings. We, we took a look at all those, you know, about 20 past the initial screen in terms of profitability, a little bit of growth. Uh, and what I've done is I've just highlighted five of these companies. That I summarized and talk about. We'll call this the top five, um, top five earning releases of the week. So we're going to start with a company, uh, Nasdaq listed DLocal Limited (DLO), uh, trades at about fourteen dollars. It's a four billion market cap company. So they're a technology first, pla- technology first payments platform company. Uh, they released their financial results, their Q four and full year results on April fourth and the company reported full year revenue of 419 million that was up 72% year over year gross profit of 202 million up 55% fourth quarter revenue was 118 million growth of 55% and fourth quarter gross profit was up 42% to 55 million the company expanded its operations to five new countries in 2020, 2022 it grew its merchant base by over 600 uh, revenues from Africa and Asia experience fourfold growth year over year, reaching almost 74 million or 18% of total revenues. The company did put out uh, guidance for the full year of 2023. They're expecting full total revenue in the range of 620 to 640 million and adjusted EBITDA in the range of 200 to 220 million dollars. Uh, next up is Insight, InTouch Insight. So this is a customer experience measurement solutions company. This is a company that was recently in our cash report trading at a price of 44 cents. It's a micro cap, a $12 million market cap. They released their full year 2022 results on April six, reporting record revenues up 47% um, to about $23.5 million. Recurring revenues also grew. to just under $22 million. Uh, The company actually reported net income for the first time. They reported net income of about $600,000. So still pretty light on the profitability, but that's compared to a loss of $315,000 in 2021. Adjusted EBITDA as well increased 33% to $2.2 million, although the gross margin did decrease slightly to 50.7%. Uh, They reported 21% organic growth in SaaS software as a service revenues, and the, the CEO credits the success in the year to product innovation, strategic acquisitions, and the company anticipates continued SaaS growth and positive EBITDA in 2023, despite economic challenges that the economy faces. Next up, Richardson Electronics, uh, symbol R-E-L-L on the NASDAQ. The company is trading at a price of $19 per share. It's a 270 million market cap company, so micro to small cap in the U.S. They're a global manufacturer of engineered solutions, green energy products, and power grid components. They reported their fiscal Q3 2023 results on April 5th. company reported its 10th consecutive year or quarter, mind you, of year-over-year year revenue growth. Q3 sales rose 27% to about $70 million. The green energy solution segment saw growth of 103% in sales over fiscal Q3 of last year. Operating income was $7.6 million and earnings per share more than doubled, the 110% growth to $0.44 per share in the quarter. The Chairman, CEO, and President, Edward Richardson, highlighted the growth initiatives and how the company is capitalizing on new market opportunities, including the green energy solutions segment. Next, we're going to talk about MSC Industrial Supply. That's MSM on the New York Exchange. Stock trades at $85 is a near $5 billion market cap company. They're a North American distributor of metalworking and maintenance, repair, and operations, products, and services. They reported their fiscal Q2 2023 results on April 4th. Q2 net sales were $961 million, up just under 12% year over year. Companies operating income was $114 million. On an adjusted basis, operating income was $117 million, up almost 17%. Adjusted EPS was up over 12% to $1.45 per share. Now, one thing that the company noted is that their average daily sales growth outperformed the Industrial Production Index by 11 percentage points. And management expects to continue this outperformance uh, by leveraging their technical expertise and focusing on their five growth drivers. Now, finally, finally, we'll talk about company Science Applications International, SAIC on the New York exchange. This company trades for $108. It's a $6 billion market cap company. Uh, They are a technology integrator. They serve the defense space, civilian, and intelligence markets. And they reported their Q4 and full year fiscal 2023 results on April 3rd. Q4 revenues were just under $2 billion, marking year over year growth of 10%. Full year revenues, $7.7 billion, a 4% increase. The company grew their Q4 diluted adjusted EPS 36% to $2 per share. Full year adjusted EPS up only about 4% to $7.55. They also provided guidance for the year of 2024, indicating 3% expected organic revenue growth, uh, 50 basis basis points of adjusted EBITDA margin margin expansion, and 10% growth in free cash flow compared to the previous year. And so that does it, our top five stocks, top five out of 132. There were a couple other there's there that could have made the cut, they just didn't quite make it, but we're gonna see a lot more companies reporting over the upcoming weeks.
0: No, it's a good summary. Um, interesting companies on there, like we noted, uh, Richardson Electronics is a company we've met with in person in the past. Um, interesting quarter they came out with, uh, we're actually set to interview them on Wednesday, this week, once again, um, as far as, you know, coming closest to our criteria, it'd probably be Richardson on that list right now. Um, you know, it is a good company. I think what spooked the market, they actually, you know, had had a tremendous year, but the shares came off uh, the day of the earnings was, uh, you know, a little bit lower uh, backlog in terms of where they were around $200 million down to about $175 million. Uh, So that it was still roughly flat year over year, but they had gotten to hire a higher backlog at some point in the year. And uh, Richardson noted that one area of their business specifically was a little bit weaker right now and should be weaker going forward. There are some other areas like uh, I think Aaron called out that the CEO talked about the green energy area of their business or the green area of their business, which should, you know, could more than offset some weakness in some other areas. So it's an interesting business for sure. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, interview them this week and get to know them even a little more.
1: Yeah. Pretty big drop after the results were reported down from twenty one mm-hmm. fifty to to uh, just under $18 per share. But since yeah, then as we recovered. see today it's um, up. up.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Up. So it, it's, uh, it may have been a bit of an overreaction there. Uh, the valuations aren't bad long-term. Uh, we just have to see if there's some growth. I mean, it is, it's a company that's been around for about 70 years. Uh, like the, the CEO bears the name Richardson. It kind of reminds me in some respects of Hammond power. I've talked about this before. Uh, the, the CEO of Hammond powers, uh, the last name is Hammond. Now he's transitioning out, but you know, it was, it was founded by his grandfather, great grandfather, like a hundred plus years ago, roughly in the electronics industry as well. So interesting firms. Um, Kind of names that you don't hear a lot about in the market. Certainly Canada, n- no other analyst was call- covering Hammond Power. And it's similarly in the U.S., there's not a lot of analysts that cover Richardson either. And InTouch is an interesting company from that list too. Yeah, Even D-Local, the, the growth looked really strong. It did look like they, on an EPS basis, they were slightly down despite the strong core th- the growth but those are some interesting companies those are the type of companies that we you know bring forward each week have a meeting talk about discuss these businesses look into them and see if uh, we want to you know go further with an interview and potentially bring it forward as a recommendation to clients okay well we're going to move on to our your stock our take segment or do you guys have any more comments on those companies you got nothing I go. brennan just here you're, you're all green jacket this week and nothing else right that's I'm just getting ready for my segment. So. I know. I'm sure it'll Keep be on great. Moving on. We're all looking forward to it. <laughs> all right. Let, let's, uh, your stock, our take segment. I'm going to look at Newport Exploration Limited, sent in by a viewer who will go unnamed. It's NWX on the TSX Venture. That's the symbol. Trades around 25 cents, 26.39 million. A uh, yield right now, 15 point, uh, 1538 So a very healthy yield. Um, Newport holds royalty interest in producing oil and gas permits in the Cooper Basin in Australia and has a mining project in British Columbia, Canada. Revenues currently come from that 2.5% gross over uh, GOR, essentially over licenses in uh, the Cooper Basin in Australia. It's operated by a company called Beach Beach. There is no time limit on or expiry on the GOR assets and no cost to the company to retain them. However, on the flip side, Newport has no control over operating decisions made by Beach. And accordingly, this prevents the company from commenting on Beach's operating plans going forward, essentially providing no guidance with zero control of their only cash producing asset. The company goes so far as to recommend that shareholders and potential investors access material information relevant to the company as released independently by Beach and Santos in order to keep current during exploration development and potential production of all the licenses subject to the company's uh, GOR. So Newport Mineral Explorations also has uh, a property in BC, Canada. It's called the Chua or Chu Chua. Property located in Central British Columbia, we would assign limited value. To be honest, in our models, to this asset, uh, let's look at the financials and the balance sheet. During the three months ended January thirty first, Newport reported that royalty income was one point four million. This was down substantially from two point four nine million in the same quarter last year, the result of a decrease in oil sales. Net income was eight hundred fourteen thousand compared to net income net income of 1.38 million, so down substantially as well in the same period last year. Royalty income is based on production volumes and oil prices. both were low, lower year over year. Let's look at its dividends, which really attracts this viewer to the stock. Uh, on December 12, 2019, the company announced a quarterly fixed distribution dividend of one cent per share commencing on March 2022 or 2020, sorry, subsequent dividend payments. Are made every three months the company has reserved the right to change the dividend payment from time to time and has and will likely continue to do this over time we can look at the chart here you can see when the dividend was implemented uh, back in 2020 paid a one cent dividend went to one cent then they accumulated cash went to about a three cent for a quarter back to a one two 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 one two one 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 so the last three quarters have been one And that is in a declining oil environment. You'd expect that. And there has been some decline in the production of the underlying assets too as well. So right as of now, the company has about 3.4 million Canadian in the treasury with no debt. So our conclusion, Newport could be a unique way to play higher oil prices if you thought oil prices are going higher and could continue to pay a very strong dividend if the operator beach continues to drill. And brings on further wells that are under the company's gross operating royalty. Now, however, we and the company, as we've stated, energy prices and Beach's capital expenditure in terms of future drilling plans are uncertain. We do note that over the past year, pri- its primary field, which provides Newport its cash flow, has seen higher decline rates. We have interviewed management in the past, and to be blunt, Newport appears to be a junior resource company that hit a lottery ticket type win with its royalty properly and does not seem to be a team that is operating a sustainable model to, say, go out and seek profitable royalties or invest the cash flow in any sustainable growth initiatives. They will likely continue to ride out the cash flow from the existing royalty, which can provide a strong dividend near-term but they have no control over the continue the continued operation of the underlying asset so it is not a structure that would fit our criteria the certainty going forward is just
1: not there i just i'm curious how how what would be the reason to not go out and reinvest some of that capital right i mean if you if you're generating so much cash yeah. flow they've got a little bit of cash in the balance sheet relative to their market cap and expenses, you would think that most management teams would want to leverage that, like pay a dividend, right? Maybe a five percent dividend, a third of that cash flow, presumably, and then take the rest and go out and and buy something else, even if you have to put, you know, a little bit. Yeah,
0: of that it's on true. The I think right now they're not generating a ton of excess cash flow. It's you know, cash balances stayed relatively in that range for a couple, you know, a couple of years now. Uh, to replicate like the success that they have had with this asset, for example, that, or, or the assets that are producing that primary wells, the primary wells in that in that basin, um, you know, it would cost a hell of a lot more than say three million to go out there and get an underlying royalty. It does look like potentially the the skill of the management team. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to badmouth the team at all, but it's not really in going out and picking those. This seems to just—they uh, stumbled off on it years ago, and and now, you know, the another their joint venture essentially partner, their royalty partner is the one drilling out there. They have no control over this. I agree. I would rather see them uh, siphon a bunch of cash away into uh, a cash pile that they could go out and create more royalties, and and then you have a sustainable model. And that's, I think, my challenge with investing in the business, even though the yield is so tremendously high right now, um, you know, do the decline rates continue? Does the operator just say, all right, we're going to let this run off and the cash flows decline over time. And then you get, you know, two years of dividends and the, you know, the asset basically dwindles down to nothing. Right. And that does seem to be Mm -hmm. occurring right now. Perhaps beach goes out and drills more wells and continues to add cash producing wells but again the management literally says we have no control over that so you have to look at beach you'd have to be going to beach and asking beach the questions and santos and 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 saying are you going to be drilling in this specific property to figure out whether or not this company and you know they're they may or may not have specific disclosures in that regards and whether that will be impactful and then you're betting on the success of that drilling in that area too, as well. So to make it a company that we would be significantly interested in, we would have to see the company continue to uh, invest that excess cash in other assets, like Aaron said.
1: Yeah. And it's only, it's only about 4 million, 4 million and change over the last year. And some of that was obviously during higher mm-hmm. commodity prices as well. So, you know, if you compare that relative to the market cap of say 6 million, it actually doesn't look that cheap. Yeah. To me,
0: I mean, if we had a guarantee that was a 10 15 year life of these assets, right? And, and the company kept paying that dividend, then you know, you, you might have something. Uh, there is not that type of guarantee out there right now, it, it could be significantly lower in terms of life of producing at these levels and being able to sustain that dividend. It's an interesting little microcap that to monitor for sure. And if oil prices were yeah, you know, over the course of this year, going to 150 a barrel, it's probably going to have some higher dividends at some point. And, uh, you know, it might be interesting, but we don't know where the price of oil is going in the near term. And uh, there's probably better ways, like we have a royalty company in our coverage right now, that would tremendously benefit and has a far larger reserve life in the assets that it has royalties on. So I mean, that that is something that we would recommend if somebody wanted to have a serious investment into this sector and was betting on higher oil prices over the course of this year. So we have a company in coverage that is a royalty producer that just has far less risk.
2: And just more clarity. Well, yeah, exactly. Far less yeah. risk, more clarity on growth. Like I'm just looking back at my notes from, you know, that call February 9th. Um, you know, they're basically saying like management told us Beach Energy is very reluctant to discuss with them you know, on how many new wells that they're going to be drilling, how many of those wells are actually going to be part of the gross overriding royalty. So they don't even know if that's actually included. Anyways, I mean, Ryan hit the nail on the head with everything, but you know, just it's interesting to look back at my notes and see exactly that. And I mean, that was the conclusion that we came up with at the time.
0: Yeah, No, it's a, I mean, it's a, there's certainly worse ways to play. You know, if you thought of uh, <laughs> higher oil prices over the course of this year, um, we're just trying to find the pixel, the litter in this segment. Uh, and if you're looking at royalty companies, there'd be other companies that we like uh, above this company. Uh, and that's what we would be putting our clients' dollars towards. Okay, Brennan, you're up next. Yes. You have uh, your stock, our take, and that is on? Canadian Western Bank,
2: CWB on the TSX, uh, currently trades at a price of about $24, has a 25 $3 billion market cap and a nice dividend yield of 5.3%. Uh, percent. So, Canadian Western Bank, or CWB as I will call it here, uh, provides personal and business banking products and services primarily in Western Canada uh, with about 63% of its loan portfolio in BC and Alberta, as shown in this slide show that I'm showing here uh, from their actual investor presentation. So, you know. Generally, it just is a bank. You know, they offer savings, cash management, you know, checking accounts, uh, as well as you know, business trust and trust fund investment accounts, commercial lending and real estate, um, individual mortgages, lines of credit, life and disability insurance products, ATM, you know, online banking, investment products, GICs. You know, it's a bank. I just wanted to m- make sure that people understand that. Um, so moving on here to the actual loan portfolio itself so cwb's loan portfolio consists of commercial loans and mortgages make up about 55 percent of the portfolio personal loans and mortgages make up about 20 percent and equipment financing and leasing make up about 15 percent now just for th- just for fun i thought that i would include td and rbc's loan portfolios as well as their capital adequacy ratios just so that those who are watching on youtube can kind of get a sense of where the largest banks in canada are in comparison t- uh, to cwb so looking at the banks capital adequacy ratios they are all well above the requirements of offs off- fee or offc uh, or which is the acronym for the office of the superintendent of financial institutions so these come in at the total capital ratio of twelve point eight percent which is above the requirement of ten point five percent the tier one capital ratio at ten point nine percent which is above the eight point five percent requirement and the common equity tier one at nine point one percent which is above this uh the seven percent requirement um And some people might be confused. You know, this doesn't sound like the actual requirement uh, levels, but there was actually an update uh, to the Basel uh, requirements. Well, offsite built off of the uh, update or on the Basel requirements, and is actually adding a capital conservation buffer of about two and a half percent. So we're adding that on top of the normal four and a half percent for common equity. Anyways, just so people understand that. Now. For a simple conclusion here, I would like to have the primary takeaway that CWB has a significant portion of its loan portfolio in commercial loans and mortgages, and its capital adequacy ratios are lower than that of both the large banks that we're looking at here, TD and RBC, which is, you know, somewhat expected. Now, looking at the recent financial results for the company, uh, revenue for Q1 of 2022 or 2023. Uh, came in at $272.9 an increase of 3% from the same quarter last year. And this was primarily driven by an increase in the loan portfolio. Now, net interest income increased about 4% compared to the same quarter last year, which reflected the loan growth, uh, partially offset by a 15 basis point decrease in net interest margin. And the decline in the net interest margin reflects the impact of lower loan-related fees, Uh, such as payout penalties, as well as a proportional shift in the bank's funding mix towards fixed term deposits and asset yields that have lagged the growth of deposit costs through uh, the rising interest rate environment. Now, looking at net income to common shareholders, it came in at 94.4 million or about 99 cents uh, per share. And that's an increase of about 8% from the same period last year. And quickly looking at the valuation metrics, it trades with a trailing price to earnings multiple of about seven times, which compares to TD, which trades at 9.6 times and RBC, which trades at about 12 and a half times. And looking forward for growth, uh, management did pro- provide some targets with loan portfolio growth expected to be in the high single digit range and adjusted EPS is supposed to grow in the low to mid single digit uh, range. So to conclude here, Canadian Western Bank is diversified across Canada, but most of its loan portfolio is exposed to BC and Alberta. Uh, the company has produced solid long-term growth in its long in its loan portfolio, and it actually produced about nine percent growth in the loan portfolio in fiscal 2022 over 2021. But CWB is quite exposed to. Exposed to commercial loans and mortgages, which make up over 50% of its loan portfolio. Now, the company does pay a nice dividend yield of over 5% and trades at seven times earnings, a discount to its banking peers, uh, but is expected due to the smaller size of the bank and geographic concentration. Now, I believe that it is a decent bank for the dividend yield, but in the Canadian banking and financial sector, we have a few other names which we prefer two of which trade at similar or slightly higher valuations and are looking for adjusted EPS growth at a significantly higher rate than that of CWB. You know, we're looking at actual double digit uh, EPS growth that these companies are looking for. So yeah, it just really depends on, you know, the opportunity cost. And I think with the opportunity uh, out there with uh, better names, I think I would uh, allocate it to those other companies that we have under coverage rather than Canadian Western Bank.
1: You're just mad they only have 4% (laughs) Wow,
2: you sound like Brad. That's (laughs) That's it.
1: What are they doing? Hey, they're missing out.
2: I don't know if they're missing out out here. Uh, They're missing out. Yeah.
1: But yeah. No, you're right. I mean, we have coverage on one of the big six banks and also a mid-sized bank. And the mid-sized bank that we cover has essentially better fundamentals across the board, better growth, and trades at a... The same, to possibly even a slightly lower valuation. I think about the same valuation, but but better fundamentals across the board. So, no offense to uh, Canadian Western, but you gotta you gotta up that allocation, in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. To get By
0: all means, offend yeah. them. Yeah. Offend them. Yeah, let them know. All right. Well, let's move on to our last your stock, our take. That's on Keysight technologies keys or k-e-y-s on the new york stock exchange and brett has that one i I didn't forget about you this week brett do you feel good
3: (laughs) you you remember me he whenever he puts me last he seems to forget about me and i have to remind Uh. him we got a question from Ronan on Keysight Technologies, simple keys or K-E-Y-S on the New York Stock Exchange. It is a leader in the field of testing and measurement, helping electronic OEMs and suppliers alike bring products to market to fit industry standards and specifications, effectively the American test word, testing uh, equipment. Keysight specializes in the communications market, but also supplies into the government, automotive, industrial, and semiconductor manufacturing markets. Key site solutions include testing tools, analytical software, and services. The stock is currently trading at roughly $156 and a market cap of $28 billion, trading down roughly 8% year to date. So getting into the income statement, the company released its Q1 fiscal fiscal Q1 2023 results in February. The market reacted negatively, sharply, causing the share price to drop 13% overnight. Revenue grew 10% to $1.3 billion or 14% on an adjusted core basis, which removes the impact of foreign exchange and acquisition ventures. You'll commonly see this adjustment for various uh, companies. Gap net EPS increased 17% to $1.45 per share from $1.24 per share compared to the prior year non-GAAP EPS which adjusts for the acquisition as well as share comp and some other tax related expenses grew 22% to 202 per share from $1.65 last year overall the company had solid growth so why did the shares drop really it comes down to the forward looking aspect the company also releases its orders which fell 13% year over year to only 1.3 billion part of the reason why is the suspension of its business in Russia as well as heightened Chinese restrictions which accounted for 350 basis points or 3.5%, but roughly it's 10% from other causes. The main cause just being in macroeconomic uncertainty. The company still has $2.5 billion in backlog, roughly half a year worth of revenue. So it's not like it's a dire straight situation. They're not falling apart by any means with the drop in orders, but it is still concerning looking forward in the short term. Looking at the company's balance sheet, the company has a quite strong balance sheet with a net cash position of $207 million because it has $2.2 billion in cash and just over $2 billion in debt and leases. So it's quite a great shape with this net cash position as well as able to service this debt as it is constantly free cash flow positive, which is just operating cash flow minus their um, purchase of property, plant, and equipment. So really they're able to keep growing their business while they're able to service their debt. And as well, on top of that, they're building a cash position. So looking at its growth potential, the company does have avenues for growth despite the short-term weakness. The company once again raised these expectations going forward during its 2023 investor presentation. Keysight has a strong market share within its current segments with long-term growth rates of 4% to 6%, as well as the company expects to outgrow these 4 to 6% by 1 to 2% additional for a total 5 to 7% for the company in the long term. So despite the downturn in the short term, we're likely to see growth return in the long term once macroeconomic conditions turn more positive. The company is guiding on EPS for the Q for Q2 fiscal Q2 2023 of $1.91 to $1.97 which would imply growth using the midpoint of 6% for the quarter year over year compared to the fiscal 2022's eighty three. So moving to valuation, the company has a gap PE of 24 times and a non-gap PE of 20 times and a price to trailing free cash flow of 25 times. Altogether, these seem slightly expensive, but uh, it is given the short-term uh, headwinds, but it's not absurdly overvalued, given it's had a great track record since it's spun out in 2014. So overall, our take on Keysight is it's a strong company operational, but it's trading at near or slightly above fair value at this time. I would like to see how it navigates the worsening conditions because it's never been through uh, poor macroeconomic conditions because it was spun out in 2014. And specifically because it does have exposure to the semiconductor space, see how that goes going forward. But long term, the company likely does have potential, but you need to pay the right price for it.
1: Yeah, I was looking at analyst estimates here. So it looks like they're estimating about four percent earnings earnings growth this year, which kind of coincides more or less with the company's quarterly guidance, right? Um mid that mid single digit, mm-hmm. and then with growth, presumably expected to pick up going into next year. But nobody knows what's gonna happen next year. That's based on a lot of assumptions. So.
2: Yeah, and do you wanna pay, you know, twenty four times earnings for something that's maybe growing at, you know, what is it six percent? Is that what the growth rate was? Yeah, you know, a little
1: pricey. Yeah. Yeah. So or, I would agree. Yeah, fair value for sure.
0: I mean, a, a lot bit. of the the forward looking, it's, it's the forward looking statements that we've been seeing that have led to the drops in many of the names. Um, some have had, you know, good solid quarters, uh, but it's the forward looking statements. And we continue to see kind of cautious statements from the sweet, C-suite names, whether it be small, mid or large cap companies of businesses that we're following directly and uh, just observing Um, They're forecasting this recession that seems to be kind of the most forecasted recession ever, but it's really yet to truly hit. So we'll continue to monitor that. But many businesses just keep saying, you know, that we see a cautious environment heading forward or a lower environment. And, you know, I don't think all of the names are going to be wrong, so we'll, we'll continue to position ourselves appropriately. I just, I
1: mean, I don't, I, mean, it, I care less about what the economists yeah. are saying. I, I read the conference calls, I read the press releases, and 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 talk to the management teams. And you know, generally speaking, in most industries, they are, they have felt yeah. a slowdown. I mean, they are talking about customers being more careful. I mean, you know, just if, for example, like the trucking industry, that the prices were just red yeah. hot higher uh, through twenty twenty two. Now, there's some pushback on that. Other industries, that similar. Technology. Job cuts, companies massive. that just every year yeah. they grow. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of these companies will still grow or they'll do all right, but not as well as they, they've done. So overall. when we
2: say, clothing when we're sorry. Huge inventory buildup. You go, Brandon. Go on. Go on. Go. No, that's all I was going to say yeah. is just clothing companies. We've been seeing too. Huge inventory buildup yeah. and, you know, reducing order sizes.
0: go Yeah, on. And, and we got to be cautious. All the figures we're looking at in these quarterly numbers are, you know. Three, four, five months ago, and and you know these Mm -hmm. the indicators that you're really using to look forward, um, you know, a great indicator is to talk about talk to management teams that you do uh, trust and that you've seen be right on the money, and they'll tell you exactly what they're seeing right now, and that's more appropriate going forward than sometimes looking back three, four months uh, to to a time where you know, you didn't have the concerns that you may have now and you're seeing actually. But then again, you can't get micro focus just on this three month period. If you've got a great company that comes on sale right now, we might see that. And you think two, three years forward, this is maybe they have a momentary blip for a couple quarters. Uh, That can be your opportunity. So those are the things we watch for as well. Mm -hmm. If If it were so easy, right? Just, you know, always look at one metric and it was, no, it's not the way it is in the stock market or in looking at any type of business. All right. I think that's going to end off our show this week. Uh, There's nobody else that I'm forgetting that's off camera right now that wants to present, right? So, okay. I think we're good. Um, We're good. Keep your questions coming into our, your stock, our take, Uh, keep rating and reviewing us on iTunes and keep smashing that subscribe button. If you're watching this and viewing this on YouTube, subscribe there and we'll continue to pump up the content every week. As always, I wish you thank you and profitable investing.
1: All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.